Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome back, Crimeaholics. It's your host, Holly, and I am back with another episode for you all. As you can see from the title of this episode, this case is an unsolved case coming out of Lubbock, Texas. Now, I know through seeing people's comments on social media and posts towards other podcasters in the true crime community that a lot of listeners just don't enjoy unsolved cases. However, if you've been following our podcast for some time, you know that to Kenzie and I, this is more than just telling a story. These cases that we cover, especially those on the Missing Mondays, serve a purpose beyond just telling these victims' stories. It is always our hope that something can come from sharing the stories of the missing and the unsolved, because at the end of the day, there are people who are waiting for justice, waiting for answers, waiting for their loved one's murder or missing person's case to be solved. It is important to us to share these stories too. And often with these stories come a lack of information sometimes, so these episodes can be slightly shorter, and that is the case with today's episode. However, it is still extremely important to myself, to Kenzie, and to many of you to tell these stories. So without further ado, let's get into the unsolved quad murders of Tammy Cooper and her three beautiful babies. In October of 2004, Tammy Cooper was a 45-year-old single mother raising her three babies alone in Lubbock, Texas. Her oldest daughter, Mahogany, was 11 years old, and Tammy also had a set of twin boys named Cadiz and Kashim, who were 9 years old. From everything that I read and found on Tammy and her children, everyone says that they were such an amazing family. The children were raised to be very kind and respectful and polite, and Tammy's mom tells Lubbock Online that she was very outgoing and that her outgoing personality was her best trait. But her mother also wonders if that outgoing trait might have also caused her to make a mistake and meet the wrong person. Tammy was an incredible mom, and she was very involved with everything her children had going on in life. She always made sure that she put her children first and that they were always well taken care of. Originally, Tammy and her children were living in Dallas, Texas, but she wanted a fresh start for herself and her kids. So six months before their gruesome murder, she picked their lives up and moved 345 miles away to Lubbock, Texas, where Tammy grew up. Tammy told everyone that she wanted a fresh start for herself and her kids, but she was a very private person and she really didn't give further detail beyond that. So there's a lot of questions and mysteries surrounding why exactly Tammy wanted to uproot her life in Dallas to move five hours away to Lubbock. 
And Tammy wasn't ever the type of person that would talk about boyfriends or men that she was dating or seeing. So again, her personal life was held very close to her, and not even her family knew what was really happening in her private life. And this private and reserved side of her might also be some of the reasons why this case is still left unsolved. So on October 25th, 2004, Tammy had scheduled for a male friend of hers to pick up her children around 8 a.m. from her apartment in the Windcrest Estacado apartment complex on Martin Luther King Boulevard. And he was supposed to be taking the children to school that morning. It's never been said why exactly he was taking them that day and not Tammy, but I'm going to guess some sort of scheduling conflict of maybe her work or an appointment or something that she had to do that morning. When this friend arrived that morning and went to the door of her apartment, he noticed that the front door was ajar. At first, he was slightly hesitant to go inside, but he went ahead, went inside, and what he found is still known today as the most horrific murder scene in Lubbock history. Inside, he found Tammy and her three children who had been viciously beaten and stabbed to death. Their bodies were throughout the entire apartment, and it was an extremely bloody scene. It was also extremely apparent that there had been a struggle within the apartment between at least Tammy and the attacker or attackers. Tammy had tried to protect herself and her children, but unfortunately, all four of them had lost their lives that day. Upon discovering this, her friend obviously immediately called the police and they responded within minutes. Those responding officers had no idea that they were about to walk into a scene that would literally forever be ingrained in their minds. It was apparent that one of the weapons used had come from Tammy's own kitchen. However, I couldn't find for sure what that weapon was, but I'm going to say it was likely a knife, seeing how they had been stabbed to death. Their bodies were discovered in the kitchen, the living room, and in one of the back bedrooms. With Tammy being new to the area, authorities really didn't have much to work on, and they were desperate to catch whomever it was that violently attacked this family of four. A thorough sweep of the entire apartment was done, and evidence was collected, but again, I wasn't able to find what exactly that evidence was. But there is reason to believe that possibly some DNA has been recovered, and authorities have reportedly said that it might be this DNA that leads them to their killer. Authorities began questioning anyone and everyone that they could to get some sort of information on Tammy, and information on the last time that anyone had spoken with her, the last time anyone had seen her, and they learned that Tammy had been on the phone with one of her friends the night before and that her friend may have heard something happen. Tammy had reportedly been talking to a friend on the phone having your typical conversation at around 10.15 p.m. on the night of October 24th. The friend recalled hearing a loud pounding on the door and that it didn't seem like it was Tammy herself that opened the door, but it could have been one of the children who opened it. When whoever opened the door and allowed this person inside, Tammy's friend said that she could hear a really deep male voice. And this voice was telling her to get off the phone, get off the phone, we need to talk. 
Tammy's friend felt that whomever this person was, they seemed very upset and disgruntled, and it wasn't just someone coming over to hang out for a casual conversation. This was someone who seemed angry about something and wanted Tammy's attention right that second. According to Tammy's friend, after that man said that, Tammy kept her cool. She didn't seem to be scared or anything by this man's presence, but Tammy did reply back to this man and what she said really bothered her friend. When this man demanded that she got off the phone so they could talk, Tammy replied back to him, quote, how did you find me? How did you know I was here? End quote. Which I think anyone who heard this coming from their friend's mouth would instantly be concerned about who the heck they're talking to and what the heck did they mean about how did this person find them and why, if there was a reason, why did they not want to be found by this person? But Tammy really didn't give a lot of information over the phone to her friend. She told her friend that the friend doesn't know this guy, he's not from around there, and that he was a black guy named Butch. As soon as Tammy relayed this information to her friend on the phone, the line was disconnected. 15 minutes later, someone else tried to call Tammy, but at that point in time, her phone went straight to voicemail. Which, when authorities learned of this, this gave them a little bit of a timeline for when exactly something may have happened. They felt that whatever happened to Tammy and her children that night, it took place between 10.15 when she was on the phone and 10.30 p.m. when that second person called on that night of October 24th, 2004. They also felt strongly that this person, Butch, was who was involved in this attack. And it was apparent that though she was surprised to see this person at her apartment, she didn't seem overly bothered or scared by it. Just that they were a very unexpected presence. And it's also worth noting that to Tammy's friend, it seemed like one of Tammy's children was who opened the door for this person. So once more, it appeared that this person wasn't a stranger at all to the family and was someone that they all knew. With this news, authorities kind of assumed that this would be fairly easy to figure out who this butch individual was and what happened, but they quickly learned that Tammy was a private person and anything to do with her personal life, she kept it to herself. It was also hard for them to try and figure out who Butch was because Tammy hadn't been in Lubbock for a long time and she hadn't really met many people. And again, all of these people that she had met knew absolutely nothing about her personal life. The neighbors were, of course, questioned about anything that they may have seen or heard that night. And given the fact that Tammy was in an apartment, which we all know how apartments go, they are surrounded by people with adjoining walls, they were very hopeful that the neighbors had heard something it was very apparent that Tammy had put up a fight from the wounds she sustained as well as the way in which the apartment was found in. But the neighbors all said that they had heard absolutely nothing, which blows my mind. I have a hard time believing that because I'm guessing that the kids were screaming, she was screaming, like, how could you not hear this? Which maybe it is true. It was later at night. 
But a lot of people speculate that maybe these people didn't speak up out of fear of something happening to themselves. With next to nothing to go off of, Tammy and her children's case essentially goes cold fairly quickly. Over the years since this brutal murder took place, authorities had pled with the public for anyone who knows anything to come forward. They just need one person to come forward with even just the smallest tidbit of information to potentially solve this case. Someone somewhere knows something and they know what happened to Tammy and her three sweet babies. Naturally, with these unsolved cases, there's always a ton of theories as to what happened that are talked about all over the internet. And when you Google this case, you will find a whole long thread on Reddit about it. And many people speculate that the reason that Tammy left Dallas to even begin with was to flee someone or something. This would fit somewhat considering that Tammy told her friend on the phone that Butch wasn't from there. Was this someone from Dallas that traveled to Lubbock to find her? Of course, the words he isn't from here didn't necessarily mean Lubbock. It could have just meant, you know, he isn't from her neighborhood, he isn't from her apartment complex, or something of that nature. But if it were me on the other end of that phone call and my friend said that to me, I would have taken that that she meant that he was not from the area of Lubbock and seeing that she was so new to the community, I would have instantly assumed that this was someone from her past from Dallas. And again, given Tammy's private life, I know I've said it a billion times, If she had been fleeing from a bad situation, she wouldn't have told anyone. She didn't tell her family about things like that. She didn't obviously tell friends about things like that. She just kept it to herself. Of course, this is speculation, and there is always the possibility that this butch person was someone she had just recently met within the last six months of living in Lubbock, but authorities really believed that this was someone from the Dallas area, and they believed that it was someone that she knew, someone that she could have potentially been involved with, and that the attack was very personal. In an article published by KCDB, Lubbock Police Chief Claude Jones states that they do not believe that this was a stranger-type situation. They do not believe this was a crime of passion, and that the killer or killers were known to the family partly because there was no sign of force entry and partly for reasons that they are not willing to disclose at this time. This October will mark the 18-year anniversary of the murders, and they are still seeking any and all tips that they can get. In an article published in October of 2019, the former lead investigator is quoted saying to EverythingLubbock.com that they are still having meetings about this case. It seems like investigators have done anything and everything that they could for this case, but they just have came up short. Again, it just takes one small, teeny tiny lead to crack this case wide open and for the family of Tammy and her children to finally receive the justice that they deserve. With the way in which technology is moving and cases are being solved with genealogy, I can only hope that if they do have that DNA profile, that it gets ran through one of those incredible databases that they have been using to solve many of these cold cases, and Tammy and her children's murderer can be brought to justice. 
If you or anyone you know has information pertaining to the murder of Tammy and her children, you can call the Crime Line tip line at 806-741-0000. Crimeaholics, unfortunately, that is all the information that I have on this case. Please be sure that you are a part of our private Facebook group online. You can find it by searching Crimeaholics Podcast Discussion Group on Facebook. In there, we share all information and pictures pertaining to the cases that we cover, and you can also follow us on Crimeaholics.podcast on Instagram and on TikTok. If you wish to follow me personally on Instagram, you can find me by searching Crimeaholly. Crimeaholics, that is all for now. Until next time, be aware and take care. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.